do design decisions involve value judgments? Andy Halliwell has gone and posted this question on LinkedIn as part of our redesigning D&T project and debates. I think this is a really tricky one to answer and our expert group felt that it was an important question that needed debating. Do design decisions involve value judgments? I think firstly, I'd be saying, what do you mean by a value judgment, a values judgment? And maybe in your response to Andy's question, you'll explore what you understand and what your views are of what value judgments are and then whether they actually impinge on or affect the design decisions that designers make and also that children make in D&T lessons. So do join the debate. We're always open to conversation and discussion on this. But for now, on to the next episode. This is the Talking D&T podcast, episode 39. Welcome to the Talking D&T podcast with me, Alison Hardy, a podcast for anybody interested in design and technology education, where I'll be sharing news, views, ideas and opinions about D&T. ago I had a really interesting conversation with a few design and technology teachers about pedagogy in D&T. It was part of my series of Let's Talk About D&T events that I'm currently hosting and uh, this first one was about pedagogy and it was just I, I really enjoyed it. I, I love talking about different parts of design and technology with people who are really interested in design and technology and particularly for somebody like me who hasn't taught design and technology for 10 years now. So I, I make no claims that I'm any longer a design and technology teacher. I, I was previously, but I'm not now. But I obviously do research about it. And so this time to talk with practitioners who are there in classrooms, um, developing the curriculum in practice um, was a real privilege for me and we had some really fascinating conversations around all sorts of things and I'm, I'm going to pick a couple of them over a couple of podcasts I think but one of them um, that I want to talk about is we were having a bit of discussion around knowledge and concepts and um, where they fit within design and technology and when we're planning a lessons and it took me back to conversations that I often have with new student teachers about writing lesson outcomes and, and lesson objectives. Now, I, I could go down the rabbit hole here of, you know, what's the difference between a lesson objective and a, and a lesson outcome. Um, different people talk about different things. But I suppose I want to put it very simply in terms of when I talk to these student teachers is we start to unpick, so what's the point of this lesson? What's this lesson all about? And by the end of the lesson or series of lessons, um, what do you expect to be different about the pupils in your class? What do you have expect to have an understanding, been able to do and do? And, and what we find is when we're talking about this, they get very focused on the project or the scheme of work or the activity they're doing in the lesson. So, for example, it might be that they're, the, the aim of the lesson, the objective of the lesson is that you will learn how to make a fruit scone or mark out a halving joint, for example, or to use a tenon saw. And sometimes it's really specific it's about a particular project. So it might be if the children are doing their learning in design technology through the design and make of a cushion cover. Okay, let's, I'm just thinking of an idea off the top of my head. So a, a cushion cover. 
that the lesson might be that some of the student teachers are saying, well, my lesson objective then is for the children to complete the applique on the on the cushion cover. And, and they use the language cushion cover, complete and such. And so the conversation then goes along the lines of, well, what what's that? What are they doing or learning, practicing, experiencing in that lesson that would be relevant for those children and helping those children develop in their design and technology capability rather than the cushion cover? Because, you know, making designing and making a cushion cover is is almost a, a mechanism, is a tool for developing certain skills, expertise, gaining new knowledge, uh, understanding new considerations, the complexities of making something that has to be suitable for a particular context and so on and so forth. So I'm some to the student teachers and saying, but if you just talk about that the lesson objective is to complete the decoration, the applique decoration on your cushion cover, <clears throat> excuse me, and you don't explain the wider context of that or some of the concepts or even that the teacher doesn't understand some of the concepts behind that then it becomes very difficult for those children to see that they're on a a spiral an upward spiral of developing their design and technology capability so that they can become more and more autonomous in the design decisions they make about understanding the context developing designs modifying exploring uh, realizing planning uh, leading to a, a, a an outcome a product of some form that actually that if we use lesson objectives that are quite closed in terms of very specific about that project that activity that scheme of work that it doesn't help the children develop as, I, as I've talked about in this in this spiral way in terms of their design and technology capabilities that they become more autonomous so we start to unpick, well, what, what's the big idea? What are the concepts that that actually the children are gaining an understanding of? Um, so what, what it's about is, for example, when we're doing a plique, it's about a decorative activity. That's that's one way. So decoration, what do we mean by decoration? So the, the, it's not necessarily that the teacher has these conversations with the children, but having an awareness that that's what we're teaching is we're teaching children to realise that we can add one material to another, and it changes its physical appearance. So we're talking about aesthetics. And then alongside that, when we think about applique, we have to think about the different natures and the properties of the fabrics that we're joining by that layering method, because that's another way we can talk about it, is the concept is around where we're layering, we're not just joining, and it's for a decorative purpose, although it may well also add some strength because by having layers of fabric if for example the um, main cover of the cushion is a a velvet not a velvet if I'm doing a plique um, a, a cotton or a poly cotton maybe maybe not even that but anyway a cotton but if I want to applique something for example that's uh, more sheer that's delicate but it has a colour or a texture that I want, the children can start to understand that actually by combining materials in that way, I'm enhancing the product and enhancing 
or, or making use of those different properties by combining them. So I'm, I'm off down a rabbit hole here of, of trying to explore and unpick what we mean by when we talk to children about applique or decorating a cushion is so that they can start to understand this idea about combining, layering, different ways of joining, the adhesion, whether it's temporary or permanent, because we might baste it and then we might do a zigzag stitch and we might do different widths and different depths of zigzag stitch because we might do that for different purposes and then we change the needle because we have to have different size needles because if one of the material is is uh, thinner than the other if we use a, a ballpoint then it won't go through we might have to use a pointy needle and so on and so forth so having those conversations being able to articulate it and whether we deliberately articulate it in a lesson but the fact that we as the teacher are aware of some of those decisions that are going into doing that applique lifts that what might be seen as a very simplistic thing of applique into a whole different space because we're starting to help the children to understand about adhesion, joining, layering, properties, the decisions that we have to make when we're thinking about the tools that we're going to use to do the joining and so on and so forth. So it becomes more that the lesson objective isn't about applique materials onto the front of your cushion cover. That may be the mechanism that we're doing some of this but actually we as the teacher and what we decide to share with the child in our lesson or the class is part of our skill as a design and technology teacher is contributing to them understanding some of the wider concepts in design and technology that they can then draw on when they are given a more open possibility to design and develop something that may or may not involve fabrics or decoration and so on. So that's where I kind of ended up as I went off down my own train of thought as we were talking about concepts and knowledge and and some of those conversations that we have with student teachers to help them think about how they plan a lesson, understand how the the sequence of lessons fits together and actually how their sequence of lessons fits together in a unit of work, into a term, into an academic year, into a, in England, a key stage that we're starting to develop to children's design and technology capability. I kind of really like talking about concepts. I think conceptual thinking around some of the processes and activities in design and technology is a really useful thing. And um, I come back to it in a later podcast and draw on some work by Mark DeVries when he talks about concept mapping. And other people talk about threshold concepts, which is another whole thing that I can go off into and explore. So that was just a, a small way that my brain went off from this fantastic conversation that I had with these design and technology teachers a couple of weeks ago. I've got some future ones past, um, sorry, planned. The next one is uh, in August. It's We're talking about knowledge in design and technology. Um, there's one coming up about curriculum. I can't remember what the another one is about uh, that's coming up. I've got three or four planned. Um, I'll put some links in the show notes if you want to join us. Uh, there's not many tickets left. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, I, I mean, you can hear how energised I am. And I've, and I've had feedback from those who came that uh, it was great to talk about design and technology amongst other colleagues as part of that design and technology community. As ever, thanks for listening. And if you have any comments or responses, or ideas for future podcasts, you can always get in touch with me via my website and my email is alison at alisonhardy.work or via Twitter, hardy underscore alison. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Talking d podcast with me, Alison Hardy. 
You can connect with me on Twitter at Hardy underscore Allison. Show notes and transcripts for each podcast episode can be found on my website, alisonhardy.work. Thanks for listening.